Good evening, everyone. It's good to see you. <laughs> My husband is at the Miracle Crusade, and uh, it's, it'd be really good for you to tune in, actually, and watch. There's some good, good stuff going on. He's been calling me because every time he gets in front of her, God talks to him. Uh, through the message, but also privately. And there's just been so much downloaded in the last two occasions. Uh, we're, tr we're running to keep up. But he said this to me. He said this to me twice. So I would have forgotten. But he, he said it to me again. Tonight he said, please tell the congregation <laughs> in my zeal about trying to get them to check their spirit. He said, tell them I'm not anti-counseling. <laughs> And I said, yes, sir, I will, I will tell them that. Because you know how you overemphasize a point? Yeah, yeah. Because once you start to confer with the Holy Spirit and you start getting answers, you're growing in it. But we all, we all need counsel along the way. It's just he's the best counselor. And there's such a thrust for counseling in the world. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if, um, if I think most of us have arrived to this conclusion. There's, there's so many voices out there offering help. Yeah, yeah. And they're trying. Yeah. They're offering help yeah. as far as they can see it. But there's no surgeon like the Holy Spirit. Right. There's no doctor like the Lord. Uh, even, even the best things we can get in the world and thank God for them. I am pro, as pro-doctor as you can get because they help us. But even their best attempts can't touch what the Lord does. There's no scars. There's no downtime. There's no discomfort, technically. <laughs> but I'm just saying he is the best. And so my husband wanted me to say that to you because he does have a pastor's heart. So when he gets people back there in, in the office or in the green room, um, he's glad you're there. He's glad to help. So he really, really wanted me to say that. I thought he said it once, and I kind of listened, kind of didn't. But he said, please tell them. I, want, I welcome them. But in my zeal to get them to begin to turn to the Holy Ghost, he says, sometimes it comes out. I don't know if it comes out the right way or the wrong way. He said, but just tell them I love them. And if they need me, I'm there for them. And so that's important for you to know, right? Um, so we're going to continue tonight on being how to be led by the Spirit. And I want to say this. Growing up, um, there were many wonderful things taught to me in my church. Many wonderful things. But I never heard this message about following the Holy Spirit. That I needed to follow the Holy Spirit. That I needed to look inward. That I needed to develop my spirit. That he had answers for me that were uh, frequent a, a leading, a living within. I, I didn't know that. But what I did have was Dad Hagen's books. And so I would see examples of that. But the Lord wants us to say it and say it and say it and say it and say it. Once you start getting almost like, oh yeah, we've heard that, we've heard that. Then that means it's actually starting to get in. Because it's important to say things over and it really is to say them over and over because I know in my life, I remember maybe a year ago, I said to Pastor Nancy, maybe a little more, I said, Mom, I'm finally getting it. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I keep listening to messages on peace and answering it. And as far as I knew at that time, I was doing it. But then as you grow, 
you click into something more and you can see with no condemnation where you weren't doing it. And so basically, remember when my husband preached on you need to know more? You know, you need to believe more? Well, this is the same thing with this message, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. We always got to be looking to him because he lives on the inside and he is our counselor and he's wanting to weigh in on everything. He cares about so many things and he wants you to perceive him. So even if you just sit here tonight and realize, yeah, I need to turn inward more. I need to look to him. I need to look to my spirit man where he lives more. That's an amazing thrust forward in your spiritual life because there's so much attached to it. It's, it's almost attached to everything. It's attached to so many things. Well, Father, I just pray for this congregation tonight. Lord, I thank you. Holy Spirit, put deposits in them as you know, Lord, they need them, as you know that would benefit them the most. Father, things that they would just cherish and light bulbs going on, Father, situations they're in, um, things that are hurting them, things that they feel oppressed by, confusion, things, Lord, that where the Holy Spirit can begin to work now through this message. Lord, let the light come in to their spirit because that's where you live. And Father, we want them delivered. We want them free. We want them filled with light. We want them to have the answers that they need. And those answers are in you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you for it tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said amen. amen. Turn with me in the word to John 16. John 16. And we'll start with verse 5. But now I, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, but now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you ask me, where do you go? I think they were so afraid to ask him that question. They knew what he was, what he was getting at, but nobody wanted to hear it. Would you? No. You couldn't, they couldn't see what was coming to replace. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. It's necessary and advantageous for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And Jesus is saying, this is a good exchange. Even though sorrow is filling your heart right now, you won't be sorrow filled when he comes. Because you'll recognize it's, it's to your advantage that he comes. Verse 13 says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you, this is what I want you to focus on tonight. He will show you things to come. Amen. Show you things to come. Go to verse 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So he is repeating, repeating, repeating. It's important. He's driving this point home. He's going to come and he's going to show things unto you. So our expectation based on the word of God is we're supposed to be shown things all the time. All the time. I'm going to tell some really new stories tonight and as the Holy Spirit leads me. But 
As you draw close to him, I'm telling you, he draws close to you and you will have a frequency of him Amen. where you're, he's guiding and leading all the time. You can feel his guidance because he wants to show you things to come, the future. He wants to show you. And I want to talk tonight about why this is so important that he's emphasizing when he comes, he's going to show this to you. He's going to show this to you. He's going to show this to you. This is very important to the Lord Jesus that his disciples know when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to know things. He's going to show you the future. He's going to show you precious things. And I've made some bullet points and I just kind of want to float through them tonight, depending on how the Holy Spirit leads as to why it's so important that things by the Holy Spirit are shown to us. Amen. Okay. It means when we're shown things that we do not have to walk in the dark aimlessly. Look at the world right now. People say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm a Christian and I've got the Holy Spirit in me, but I don't have answers for my life. Well, he lives in there, but you do have to be taught how to turn toward him. Turning toward him is not just praying in the spirit. Let me tell you, you can pray in the spirit and not engage the Holy Ghost and you'll feel empty and not have any answers whatsoever. I would not encourage you to pray in tongues, pray in tongues mindlessly, pray, rattle off tongues, 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 tongues. I know because I tried it and I, I, you know, you hear stories and you take snippets, you know, like you've got moms with seven kids or 15 kids, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, and they've got to fit that time in and the Lord honors it. But whatever time that you are spending praying, you have to engage your spirit because you are talking to a person of the Godhead. He's not just wind. He is a person who thinks, feels, knows, and has the emotions. They're holy emotions, but you don't just rattle things out. He will permit you to do that when you're beginning because you have to learn. And he'll even answer you sometimes in the midst of that. But as you, as you grow, you will find you can do that all day long and end up so empty at the end of the day. And I said this before from the Pope. The reason I found that out is because I would do that on Wednesdays. I want to get some extra prayer time in. So I rattle, rattle, rattle. I do shove some laundry in and do this and do this. And I would feel this intense. I noted it. Emptiness. Agitation at the end of the day. And I thought, what is that? Why do I feel that way? It took me a while to connect dots. But after a while, it was like I didn't want to do that anymore because I thought, I'm praying. Why am I feeling empty after prayer? And he said to me, he said, I do not enjoy you speaking and no engagement. When I was down at the conference and uh, Pastor Terry Pearsons got up, she talked about that flow of speaking to the Holy Ghost did any of you get to see that? It was very rich. It was so rich. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I sensed that, but I didn't know that. And so she, there was an, she was talking about engaging him for who he is in a, in a lively, face-to-face, heart-to-heart fashion. And that's how he wants to be engaged. Because I remember one time he said to me, I do not enjoy you praying at me. At me. And he said, talk to me, talk to me. Well, talking to him means you take a moment and you get down into your spirit. 
And then you, then he will accept that. You'll enjoy that more. You'll be aware of him and look to your spirit for leadings. So we don't have to walk in the dark aimlessly. That's astonishing that we don't, we're not walking in darkness. We're not stumbling around. We know what to do because we're prayed up and he comes on us. You grieve the Lord when you don't allow him to lead your life. I mean, I went years, years. I mean, I would have unique little experiences here with the Lord. And I was grateful for them. And I thought that was the way that it was. You know, yeah, I, had, I, had, I got stories. I do. But, but the frequency didn't come until I began to be taught, really taught, by Dr. Dufresne and Pastor Nancy. And they would go over it and over it and over it about turn to your spirit. What is your spirit saying? And of course, we stumbled around. We'd, we'd get some things right. We'd get some things wrong. And then we'd note what it felt like when we got things wrong. We would pay attention, try to pay attention. What did that feel like? Yeah, it kind of felt like it was here, kind of felt flat here. But it took us time to learn that. Because you don't, when you have the divine genius on the inside of you, you don't want to be walking around in darkness. Darkness means sickness. It means loss. It means the deliverance that you need doesn't come. It means pain. And he doesn't want us living like that. He wants us to go from victory to victory. Victory to victory. Even in tests. Still knowing where you're at in that test. Still knowing that you're standing. Or the scriptures. Or he's talked to you. The Lord, listen, we don't go by the clock. But if the Lord gives you his divine clock, and he will sometimes, he'll tell you when things are going to happen sometimes. To fortify you so you can stand against hell and win. Because those kinds of clocks are perfect. You know, they're perfect when they're from him. So when we listen to the Holy Spirit, it gives us the advantage when we know what's ahead. We want, listen, as human beings, we want everything. We want to know every detail before we get there. You know, Pastor Nancy, she's always talking about her building projects that the Lord has her doing. And she doesn't have the money to do it. It's not like the money's in the bank. And, you know, if you talk to corporations, they they have the money in the bank. Then they go and they do the project. We're led a different way. Sometimes the money will be there. But most of the time when he's leading us to go do something, it's not like everything's there. The money's not all there. Um, And if it is, fine. But mostly it's not. You just have to start where you are. And that's good news. Because that's about being led. You want to learn how to be led. It's very, very critical to the Christian walk. When I went to Bible school, the Lord told me I was going to, um, it was a boot camp for me. And that wasn't good news. Because <laughs> boot camp's tough. And so, uh, you know, I went. But I thought, okay, he, I, I heard from the Lord in May. I went back to Newfoundland for the summer. And I thought, I'm going to go home for the summer and all, everything that I need is going to come in because how can I go if it doesn't all come in? And it's thousands of dollars. Well, here's what I got. The Lord spoke to my aunt and uncle who basically were not in church anymore. And if you talk to them, they didn't really want to talk about the Lord anymore, even though they grew up in the Pentecostal church. So you know what I'm saying without saying it. <laughs> I love them dearly, but they just, they're the least likely 
that I thought God would speak to and probably not in favor of. But both of them spoke to one another and thought it was quite odd that they kept getting an amount of $1,000 apart from one another. When they came together to talk about how odd it was, they each had the same amount in their heart. So they gave me $1,000, which is great, but I needed thousands. And at that time in my life, I lived in jeans, didn't really have much church clothes. Um, I didn't have anything in the bank account. I didn't have anywhere to live. I didn't have anything. I just had $1,000. And this is so immature. But God met me. I wouldn't do it now like this. But I was praying the day that I was supposed to leave and go to St. Catherine's to go to Bible school. Because I knew that he told me. That I knew. And I had this $1,000. And I said, Lord, I know this is probably me screwing things up. And I probably should have a whole plan laid out and a ride out to St. Catharines. I said, but I don't. I don't know. We didn't have a car. We took the bus. I took the train downtown to go to work before I went out there. And so I'm praying. And I said, Father, if I'm going, I guess I'm going to get up, get dressed in my jeans and my orange sweater. It's a fuzzy orange sweater. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to put my makeup on and I'm just going to praise you. And... Hell pounded on me. It, it did. It's like, you're so stupid. But I just thought, I, I've, I just, I'm going to do this. I don't know how. And I'm, I'm calling on you. I need your help. And so I got dressed and I got my makeup on. And um, I was living with my brother. And, and so he joined in. You know, we were praising. And it seemed so silly at the time. But I was desperate. But I was just crying out to God. So I'm just getting ready. I, I don't know how I'm getting out there. I don't have a car. But I'm going to Bible school. And the phone rang. And this person that I had met maybe one, maybe two, two times from Evangel Temple said this, Jennifer, where are you? And I said, Charles? He said, I'm in St. Catharines. You said you were coming to Bible school. Are you coming? I said, I don't have a ride. He said, okay, I'm going to hold open the registration tables for you. Um, take this bus at this time, and I'll pick you up there. And I've got a, a girl here that needs a roommate, and she doesn't want you to sign a lease. And if you can do, like, I think it was $240, like, for the month, she'll take you. And I said, okay, all right, no problem. And I put the phone down, and I looked at my brother, and I said, okay, i got to get to the, the train station. And I was off. And I, w I flew out the door. I didn't pack a suitcase. I had no clothes with me. Just totally baby, unprepared, 21. And got there, and um, Charles met me. And I mean, I didn't know this person other than, hi, my name is, and that was it. That was it. But he remembered that I had said something about going to Bible school, and he was going as well. But I'd forgotten that he was out there. I didn't think he was serious. I didn't know him. So I walked away from the table in St. Catharines. The $1,000 paid my registration, got me my books. I had a place to stay. And now what? And I, I realized I'm out there in jeans, nothing for the dress code for the Bible school. So I went home, borrowed some money. I think it was from my brother and got a few skirts and whatever and went back to Bible school. And I say all that to say that I didn't, it looked dark, but I wasn't wandering aimlessly because I had a word from the Lord. I had a leading. And that leading led to a full year at Bible school. And there's many stories that came out of that year. And it was a fight, 
But I, it was a beautiful fight because I learned that year that he cared about everything from getting me a Diet Pepsi that I wanted at the time to paying my rent to giving me a free place to live when my rent couldn't be paid. And I somewhat had to tell you, it's the funniest story. I'm going home for Christmas and George Woodward, who's the dean, pulls me in and I said, I said, Mr. Woodward, I, I, I'm going to go home and before I finish I'll, and I'll be back, he stopped and he said, I am so disappointed in you. <laughs> you came out here and I thought you, you know, you spoke faith and you said God called you. I said, no, 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 I'm coming back. Oh, I'm coming back. I said, I'm coming back. God told me I'm, I'm he's going to, he's supported me till now. I'm going home. I don't know what God's going to do, but I'll, I'll be back. He's going, he's been supplying. He's going to continue to supply but I had a dress that I had to return before I left town to one of these girls named Sherry. And Sherry, I'd talked to maybe one time. She was not a friend. And I walked down the hallway of the apartment building. <laughs> I go to knock on the door. And I hear this person talking feverishly in tongues behind the door. <laughs> it was so weird. Now that talking in tongues is weird, but this scenario was weird. And so I thought, is that Sherry? So I, I knock on the door, and there were two Sherry's that lived there. The other Sherry that I didn't know threw open the door. Sure, her hair, I, she must have had it in rollers, I don't know. Her hair was stuck straight out, blue eyes, and she's talking in tongues, and she went, oh, Jennifer, she said, I was just praying. God just gave me a prayer burden for you. She said, you're supposed to live with me. Did you know that? Did you know you're supposed to live with me? It, was, it literally was that crazy, and I went, <laughs> and she said, I was praying. Do you need a place to live? Because God just told me I need to offer him. And I didn't tell anybody anything. So she took me in. And the other Sherry took me in. Until I got back on my feet. I mean, I never, I didn't use anybody. I paid my way, trust me. But in those moments where things were shaky, my 21-year-old self just was kind of, a, well, very amazed that he was always there to catch me in my fledgling baby faith. You know, the kind that says, well, you don't actually believe someone's going to walk up to you and give you money for your rent. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And they did. Do you know, it was, it was, that was the year that it was. And so I was, I was developing in that year and it was a tough year, but I didn't walk in darkness. I always knew the next step. I always knew he would meet me. But when the year was over and I saw how that little baby faith that was used without parents to uphold, and they would have, they would have upheld me if I needed it. But I wanted to prove my faith was real, you know? And so he's always leading. If he tells you to do something and you don't have the money, you don't need the money. You need to do that one step. One step. Whatever he said. It might be one of those things where you just, you're doing research. You're doing research because you don't have the money. We, we come from a lineage of people that didn't have the money. Amy Simple McPherson said, dig the hole. She had $5,000 to dig the hole. Well, the hole got dug and then the next step. The Lord led to the next step. And then she built this big, beautiful, you know, temple and a big, beautiful castle, and that's how we operate because it's, we need his voice. What is he saying? What is he emphasizing? That's what's important, turning into your spirit man to find out what he's saying. So critical, so critical for our success. Another reason 
when he says, I'll show it unto you. Why does he want to show things to us? So that we can prepare. A lot of people, when they hear from the Lord, I would say all of us do this. When God gives you an instruction, a lot of people feel like, okay, he said, so we're going to do it right now. But it's actually time to pray that instruction out so that it settles. Now, I don't mean in a way where you're, you're dragging your feet and you're, you're not, being, not really willing. I don't mean that. But you're praying it out. You're praying it out. You're praying it out. You know, just a, a little while ago, um, we, we, I hit a, a situation that was less than pleasing. And um, we were developing something and someone, and we hit a situation where it just seemed like it was not going the way that we wanted. You can't force things. You just, you're developing things, and it just seems lackluster. And you've put a lot of effort into it, and you're being obedient to the Lord. But it just doesn't seem like it's going the way that it should. And so... I always, I decided, well, well, I'm not going to be troubled. I told my husband, don't be troubled. Let's just not be troubled. Well, if, we, if we're doing our part and we're putting our effort in, let's not be troubled. And so I left it at that. I was really, as a wife, just trying to lift the load off of him. Because I don't think anybody realizes. And it's not a pity story, but some of the things that land on his shoulders are just staggering. And so this was just one more thing after a lot of effort. And I said, don't worry about it. Just don't think about it. Just forget about it. Go like Pastor Nan says, go buy yourself something. Just forget about it. Right? And so the next morning I got up and we were on a plane. And I never do it so other people can hear me. But I just felt like I need, I need to pray because the spirit of the Lord came on me to pray. And so without anybody noticing me, I began to just pray. It was a spirit of prayer that came on me. And I didn't know what it was for. I just thought, well, I'm going to yield to this. And all of a sudden, the interpretation, I never asked for the interpretation. The interpretation just started coming up out of my spirit. And the first words that he said was, you tell your husband not to be concerned because I have a mighty plan. And if this, what you're working on with particular ones does not work, then it is not to be worried about. I have other people that are waiting that I'm developing, and I will slip them into that place because it's my plan. And he said, I will not let this fall to the ground. You just, you don't be concerned. And it just brought such joy. Now, this is what we're, he showed me. Because I could think, and life is life, and life can be tough, and sometimes there's wins and losses. And you can tend to think, well, you know, we'll be okay if it doesn't work in this area. And I don't mean that in a doubting way. You just kind of, if you cut your losses, we're okay, we'll be all right, whatever. But see, that's the love of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. The next day, because this was late at night, this the next day he came to me. I didn't even get a chance to bring it to him. I would have. I would have brought it to him to talk to him about it. But he came to me with this spirit of prayer. But I didn't know it was about the situation. I didn't know it could have been about one of my kids. I didn't know. And he wanted me and my husband to know, don't you be concerned. Because if you're doing what I'm telling you to do, you're going to win. If you're doing what the Lord is telling you to do, do not be concerned 
about what's happening in other people. He will find a way to either make it up to you, make it back to you. Don't be concerned. So he wants you to know things so that you can prepare. When you're prepared, you can build your faith. Okay, I got to get into this point because the time's going. I got to get into this point. If we don't get anywhere but this point, I love this point. A reason that God tells you ahead of time, the Holy Spirit tells you ahead of time, is because it calls for your faith. The most important thing that you can do as a believer is to find that fight of faith on the inside of you. It is the most important thing. Because if you don't learn how to use your faith and develop your faith, everything in the kingdom, everything that God is going to tell you to do, everything he expects you to do, you're going to have to receive it by faith. Everything. If he tells you to go buy that home and it's outside of your, your, your income, the window of time, and it, but by faith you can have it. If your faith develops, you say, yes, sir. You can walk right into it. Mary Chris, you know. He led you through a situation like that into total victory. Amazing story. So, and, and it wasn't about the money. It was about following what he said. Yeah. And so, and, and it brings money. And Dr. Dufresne would always say to us, You're, you have to develop your faith. He would say this too, like when certain ministers would join themselves to his fellowship, he would say this, um, they got to use their faith. They got to use their faith because they'll be weak. Then when they get in the ministry, they won't be able to bring their faith to it. He said, I can't give them a free ride. They've got to fight. They've got to fight. And he said, you've got to be careful that your compassion doesn't supply, supply, supply. And then there's no faith developed. That is the worst thing that can happen to you as a believer is to get a free ride. The worst thing that can happen to you is to have everything given. The worst thing that can happen to you is to have things given. Not everything. Some things can be, we're blessed, right? But that fight of faith has to grab it, pull it in, and the revelation of, oh, this is what faith is for. And then you grab more. And then you grab more. And if you don't have that fight of faith in you, when something comes your way and you haven't developed that muscle to take it, you're going to lose. You have to fight. You have to grow that faith. It's very very, very important. And let's face it, some of us get into a fight and we wish it was another fight. Anything but this fight. This fight's dangerous. I don't like this. This one frightens me. This one over here, not so much. But that fight of faith will turn to pure gold. If you will develop your faith, do what the word says and stay with it. You will develop beautifully. You will develop that faith. And it's incredibly important. Look, um, you have to use your faith not to get into a spirit of grief and sorrow. Faith is a very, very spiritual thing. Talking to situations when they go wrong. <laughs> it takes faith. If you're in your mind, you're going to accept what you see. Rather than faith saying, no, no, no. There's another supply. There's another flow. Um, you need your faith, I said this, but to build things without money, to get into peace when there's a war raging around you, to receive impartations by faith. A lot of people don't believe that there's an, that there's an anointing for impartations. They think, well, 
But it's not true. Those things are so, so important. Those impartations. But we receive them by believing and take it. I believed it from the beginning, but now that I'm 15 years in under Pastor Nancy's ministry, when she calls people to the altar and there's impartations for, um, for healing, oh, I don't mean for me personally, although I'll take that. I mean for the ministry. Or then it's so real to me now to, to get into that. Or if the pastor calls you forward and there's impartations in the, in the line, things that, need, that you need. Yes. It takes faith. Yes. It takes faith to receive it. Right? Amen. It takes faith to have ears to hear instead of flipping over into your mind and not receiving it. It takes faith to believe in the different rooms and callings that God has for each one of us. Without faith, you can't do that because you'll be mental. Everything is going to be assessed. Listen, your mind is very, very important. It just doesn't lead. God gave you your mind. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's just it can't lead because it doesn't have all the answers. The Holy Spirit within you, he's anointed to lead. You're anointed to follow. You can't do the leading because he sees everything. He's, but you see nothing compared to him. You can't see the obstructions. He sees it all. And he's anointed for your specific situation. And he wants to get involved. He wants to be, he wants to lead. Remember what Psalm 23 says? He, he leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. Do you notice it doesn't say there's no valley of the shadow of death? Do you know like we celebrate Daniel the, being pulled out of that den. But he was there for hours before they pulled him out. And he was in perfect peace. Because when you see that an angel has closed the mouths of all those vicious lions, remember, when they threw the enemies in, they didn't even hit the ground. I mean, that is savage lions. But he knew. He knew God. And he saw that, the operation. So I'm telling you, he was not afraid all night long. He was marveling at the goodness of God down in the pit. And God wants you. To marvel at the goodness of God if you're down in the pit. Because there's going to come an ejection out of that place, but it's going to come God's way. And it's going to come by the leadings of the Spirit. And your mind can't give you that. Your mind can only agree or disagree with the Word. Believers disagree. Sorry, believe, unbelievers disagree naturally. They can't agree with the Word because they don't believe. But we've been given faith, that substance of heaven. It was put in our spirit. We have to exercise it. Ah, he's so good. But that fight of faith is so important. You do need to come to church with the idea that I'm, I'm going to take this home and I'm going to exercise it. I'm going to, I'm going to grow in this. I'm going to learn. When Jesus gives you instruction for your life, you have to believe it. And then you have to pray out that plan. I remember when we were in Russia with Pastor Nancy and we were sitting around the table and they were talking about how they did things in their ministries. And one of the things that came up, see, this sharpens you. They said, you know, when God tells us to hire staff, we never look to see if we have the money. We just do it. And the money always comes. Now just listen to that. 
See, that's a living, walking example of what the faith life is and how to be led by the Spirit. Because if you're going to follow your mind, you're going to wait till all the money and income is in the bank. Which seems wise unless God is telling you do it now. Because if he's telling you to do it now, he knows, remember, he sees what you can't see. And not only that, your active obedience unleashes the answers to come. Paying off buildings, emptying out accounts, and you believe that God will fill it back up. This is the faith life. But nobody that's stuck in their mind believes that. It's not even wise to think that way. (laughs) And yet, it truly is a revelation to every believer once they grab a hold of it. What you need is God. Money is a tool, other things... But that obedience to his voice, listening for his voice, is so important. Listen, I'll tell you right now, when Craig went on his 40-day fast, we were up at Oasis, and we drove down, and the spirit of prayer came on me. And we, he, him too, we were praying, we were praying, and I thought God was going to show this something different than what he showed me. I didn't know he was going to give me a vision. But he opened up my eyes in the spirit realm, and I saw a wall of demons... I mean, I don't, I, without number, I can't, they were like, they made, they created a wall high up down to the ground. And I saw this like with my eye, I saw it. And I thought, I thought, Lord, why are you showing me this? I thought he was going to show me something else. Well, I should have clued in that in these years, remember the three years of death that we're about to come out of, God showed me in this vision that they were against the finances. And I paid attention, but not really. Not really. I just thought, well, of course, they're against the vision. They stand against us. We'll stand and we'll keep praying. But what he was trying to show me was that what you're seeing is going to mark these three years. You're going to have to stand because there's a battle against you. And so we have. And it's, we don't carry the battle inside of us. We've just stood because we know the breakthrough's coming. 24 is coming. And years ahead. But when... But wasn't that good of him to show me? So that now I'm, I would be more keen now if he showed me. First of all, I would ask him more details about it and the fullness of it. I just saw it. was odd that he showed me something like that and said, well, we'll just stand in faith. But there was, he was showing me these three years and how we were to just stand because power is coming to tear that all down. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, right? Stand fast. (laughs) And there are seasons like that where you have to stand. But if he's in you, he'll guide you and you can be at rest and in peace. Because the Lord said to me, I said it about Daniel, but the Lord brought it to my attention. He said, do you notice I didn't stop it? Some things he said will come, he said, and I'll stop them. He said, other things, I'm going to walk you through it. That's why I talked about that valley of the shadow of death. And what's the glorious words? You'll fear no evil, for I'm with you. When you're in the valley, that's the time to really know the Holy Spirit. That's the time to be enveloped in his peace. His, that faith life is so amazing because it gives you peace before you ever see the manifestation of what you're believing for. It, it sits you in a good place before you get out. 
<laughs> or get into what you're believing God for. Look at, look at the, Shadrach, Meshach. I always think of the veggie tales. I'm sorry, but they've ruined their names for me. But anyway, you know, <laughs> but what they went through, the, the way that they met hell. Listen, they were told if you don't bow, you're going to burn. In our generation, we are being told right now, more than any other time, if you don't bow in society to what the changes are, we're going to cancel you. We're going to persecute you. We're going to fine you. We're going to chuck you in prison. That's what they're saying right now. And don't you love their response? We're not careful. Not even going to take time. No. We're not going to bow. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the real one, is not going to bow. But you notice he didn't pluck them, didn't translate them. He didn't. He did not translate them out of that place. He did a miraculous sign and a wonder. But it, if, you know, if you watch their behavior and if you watch what happened, there's no mention whatsoever of fear. They were fearless. What? Because they knew God. There's no trembling. There's no big conversation. We got to fast and pray. They didn't say they went back to their houses and, and wept before the Lord. Didn't say, even though if they did, that would have been fine, I'm sure, to cry out before the Lord. Different battles have different actions. But they knew God right in the moment. No, we're not careful. We're not bowing. Our God will deliver us. And when you know God like that, see, and you're led in the New Testament, and you're led and he lives on the inside of you, if you're put in a place that would destroy other people, you're going to be fine. God will work signs and wonders and miracles. And who does he show them to? The ungodly. Your enemies. The ones who hate you. He'll show up in a wonder if you don't bow. But you've got to have something in you. And I don't mean personality. You've got to have that knowledge of being led, him inside, that's critical, especially for the day that we live in. It's always been critical, but you know what I mean. The more sensitive we are to the Holy Spirit within, a lot of the Christian life until you learn to look inward is spent grasping outward. It is. Trying to get God to hear you. Uh, showboating for God. Or then there's the legalistic side where you get into works and trying to get God's attention, which only leads to disappointment. Because he's in. The communion is within. It's so important to switch from grasping out here to an internal knowledge of him. Well, we talk about it here all the time, about praying in the spirit. About reading the word and communing with him in a way that's intimate and timely, lots of time with him. But anyway, it says the more sensitive we are to the Holy Spirit within, the more we will see what he's trying to show us, what he's trying to reveal to us. Our perception becomes more fine-tuned the more we look to him. And we become sensitive to his person 
and more knowledgeable about what he is saying and how he is saying it. <laughs> the more time we take listening, the more we'll see of what he's endeavoring to show us. Pastor Nancy gives this just a little anecdote, but it, it drives it home. She said, she travels everywhere. She's in different churches and different hotel rooms, and sometimes they'll have extra time. And the pastor will say, would you like to see this or something interesting in their city? And she said, if I say, yeah, I'd love to, but I've only got 20 minutes. She said, well, then, you know, you go out 10 minutes, you come back, and you may see something, and that's fine. But if you say, yes, I will, and I've got six hours, well, you're going to see way more. You're going to experience way more. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. And it's not cheap. It's not cheap, this person of the Holy Spirit. He wants you to spend time with him. And he'll show you things for your life. And he'll show you that realm of the Spirit. And you'll begin to feel confidence in your spirit life rather than hitting and missing, not understanding why this is happening. I never hear Pastor Nancy say things like that. And people would say, that's because she's a minister. That's not true. I know lots of ministers that are troubled and sick. Okay? She is always going from glory to glory. I've watched her for 15 years now because she's cultivated and continues to cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? She's not stumbling around in darkness. And nobody pushes her. I've noticed that. She's not pushed. She takes time to pray and to know. And a lot of reasons why people don't consult with the Holy Spirit because they actually don't believe he's going to talk to them. They don't. They don't believe that that answer is going to bubble up from within and really be the answer that they need. And so they don't talk. They do everything else. They attend church. They worship. God forbid you have to sit still for a minute because that's boring. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not boring. But you have, to, you have to fall into his hands. You have to say, Lord, if you're struggling with this, Lord, you've got to help me because I, I want to commune with you. I want a relationship with you. I want to know you. It's so important. He is a person. And when you show up, he's there to meet you. And he'll hook in with you. And begin to educate you about many, many things. Deeper things of the spirit. You know, I'll give you an example. Um, I might hesitate to say it because I'm not trying to paint myself in a certain light. I have lots of flaws. But the, when Pastor Nancy turned 60, the Lord put it on our heart to go down and just be in the service with her and just be with her for her birthday. The Lord did that. And uh, so we thought, okay, we're going to do it. This is going to be fun. She's such a great time. She's a great person. She's so much fun. And so we thought, yeah, we're gonna, we'll buy her a present. We're going to go down for her birthday. And um, it was wonderful. We went down and we hung out and, and went to the favorite place she likes to eat and just laughed a lot. And I think Pastor Debbie Simons was just a little, little group of us. And uh, we were enjoying ourselves. But on the Sunday morning, they had asked Richard Roberts to come as a surprise 
Yeah. And so we walk in and we're all excited because we know he's going to come out and ta-da, he's going to show himself, you know, in the service. And we get to the, the middle of, they seated us on the front, right in the middle, and the choir is like from me to, to you, Mary Chris, like it was, they, they were so, so close, and they're singing, and, and there's a real like a praise note in the house, do you know what I mean? And so I'm there, and I'm just so happy to be there, and I was getting into worship, and all of a sudden, the, the Spirit of the Lord rolled in like a cloud and enveloped me, and, and this is what he said, I am pleased and when he said it I bawled the rest of the service I, I cried I could not get it together because he said I am pleased and that one thing taught me uh, what I it taught me his person I didn't I knew I mean it's not going to disappoint him that we go it's not a bad thing to go. It's a good thing. It's a nice thing to do. But until when he said it, it rumbled right through my being. And I, could, Willie, I could not compose myself. For the rest of the service, I'm wiping tears off my face. Because when he said it, the feeling of him, his feelings went right through my being. But I, he educated me. Because my mind would never have argued that it's a nice thing to do, thoughtful even. But when he said it, he educated me how he looks at things from heaven. I didn't know that he wanted me to do it. I just knew that it was a nice thing to do. Yeah, why not? It's a nice thing. It's honorable. It's a nice thing to do. But when he said it, it was like he took me, wherever, whatever level I was at, because I'm growing, and he just jumped me. And I thought, it was such an education. Well, that's what he does when you commune with him in the spirit. There's education there that takes you so far away from, yeah, that's nice, to you would cross oceans to please him. Because you now understand what it means to him. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm not trying to point fingers at us. Not, that's not even part of it. Part of it was he, was he was enjoying something, an action that his, one of his children had taken, and he was showing up to say it. And that's what being led by the Spirit will do as well. It's like you will just get a whiff of something. He might even just give you a little tiny part of it, and you start going toward it. You start going toward it, and all of a sudden it turns into something you didn't even know that it was that big or that it was that important to him. Because we don't know the spirit realm like we do the natural realm. You have to learn it. Things that can be so, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But when he shows up, you begin to really see things, and it just fuels your faith life fuels your spirit life and and it makes you strong because you can see it's so important <laughs> being left by the spirit is so important there's so much nuance to it and yet he's not trying to be mysterious he just needs you to come toward him he will begin that process in your life of pouring out more into you and changing you into the image of him and let me say this, uh, I don't even know if I've turned this into a non-word or not, 
I said adamancy. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> but let me go back and do the, the, the root word. Adamance is not intimacy. It's not. It's not. There is a cry that comes from the heart. And then there's a cry that the mind tries to mimic. And one is so distasteful compared to the other one. It's like you have, uh, you have knowledge of your covenant, but you're not mature in it. And so you pound away on that covenant. And technically, you're right. But the Lord wants intimacy. He wants intimacy because so, he wants to lead you. And I'll skip over this part real quick because I don't want to tell it all because I've told it before. Um, when I was having trouble with my heart and I was standing on the word, standing on the word, I got a covenant, I'm standing on the word. And that's not wrong. It's just that I was stuck and I didn't know it. And Craig would keep saying to me, just go to the doctor. And I said, I'm not afraid to go to the doctor. Said, that's not it, but I have a covenant and this has always worked this way. And when I stand, it comes. And one day the Lord said to me, it was like he was irritated. He said, just listen to your husband. That's what he said. Just listen to your husband. And I went, Oh, I said, Craig, the Lord told me to just listen to you. And he laughed. And it's weird, but the doctor never gave me my answer. I actually didn't end up getting my answer from the doctor. As soon as I heard the Lord say, just listen to your husband. I went from, no, I have a covenant and it's going to be this way to, oh, I'm missing something. Or you wouldn't tell me to go to the doctor. Okay, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll. I switched from being adamant to my ears came open. Yeah. Intimacy, what's going on? Talk to me. Okay, I'll do what you say. So I went from mm, to, I call it militancy, adamancy is another word, I think. But I, when I switched over, he began to talk to me and he healed me and it had nothing to do with the doctor. But he was not pleased that I was doing what I always did, that I was not checking in with him to see where the problem was. Because I was like, I mean, I had the scriptures. I was militant. I had the scriptures because it always worked. But he said to me, yeah, because you were younger. But now I want to talk to you. Yeah. And he said to me, it's so much better for you to walk in divine health than just get your healing, get your healing, get your healing. He said, there's causes. There's things you don't know I need to lead you into. And if you never talk to me about it or ask me about it with your, you know, and he said this to me, and, and I'm telling you, he was not happy. And I stand before the Lord, and I'm telling you the truth. I am telling you the truth, because I, I, I listened to him. He said to me one day, he said, when did I ever make healing difficult? And I stopped, and I thought, never. When my spine was yanked straight, it was just like honey poured down my spine and I was three quarters of an inch taller. When he healed my hips, it was like a breath that moved over my body. When he healed all 42 warts off my fingers, they disappeared and I didn't even know they were gone. Never. There was nothing about it that was difficult when he healed me. And so what he was trying to say was, if it's difficult, you need to inquire of me. You're missing things. But see, the believer, many times, they would rather do, and I know because I've been there, they would rather do anything than seek the Lord because they don't believe he's going to answer them. They fear that quiet room. They fear that coffee, sitting down in the chair, it's kind of like, well, what's next? And it becomes almost like a crushing silence. And they don't believe he's going to answer. But all they need to do is relax 
Get your little notebook out. If it helps you, it helps me because I don't want to let things slip. Don't put a time limit on it. Say, Father, I'm inquiring of you. Holy Spirit, I'm just going to pray it out in the Spirit. You might do it for 10 minutes. Then you come back the next day. Father, I keep that up before you. I can't really confer with flesh and blood about this because they can't give me the answer. I want you to talk to me about this. Now, here's the thing. You might get in a sermon. My husband might say something. The Spirit might go, listen, and that'll be your answer. I remember one time my mom told a story about where she was reading the Word. They were in a church, and it was very religious, and you had to wear hats, and I never did, but it was just that was their conviction. It's not right. And the Lord just put a pin light on, on a scripture that said, you know, as for us, we have no such custom. And he just, she said, it was like someone had a pin light on the Bible and set her free just like that. She stopped wearing them. The whole church stopped wearing them. They moved into a place of freedom over one little pin light on a scripture. That's how she got her answer there. Or the spirit of the Lord may speak up within you an answer. Or you, listen, you may not be used to speaking in tongues and getting an answer roll up. But don't, don't structure it. It can come in so many different ways. Just know the prayer went up before the Lord. And if you don't quit on that prayer and you don't be stressed, just say, Father, I just think, I, I thank you. You're answering me. I don't know how, but I know you're going to get that answer over to me at my level where I can understand it. And I'm telling you, I promise you, he will answer you. Some people expect there's going to be a voice rolling out of heaven. Great. But that's not, you don't have to try to make it happen. Bring it up before him. I'm telling you, he's got a million ways to answer those questions. Talk to him. Inquire of him. Don't try to hear voices. Don't try to hear voices. He'll lead. You remember how to be led by the Holy Spirit, the primary way. He lives in there. He's leading. He's a spirit that leads in your spirit, he quickens, he leads, he guides within your spirit, man. He's so good. <laughs> He's so good. It's an exciting way to live. You know, the Holy Spirit, he, he leads according to the word, and the word has systems in it. There's, there's, there's ways in the word. I'll, I'll give you an example. I remember at a former church, there was this really sweet couple that went there, very nice couple. But he would always talk about how he was going to buy airplanes for ministries. And every time he talked about it, in my spirit, I thought there was a feeling of like, you have to grow into that. And he was a baby Christian. So you didn't want to squash him. Because it's like the word has systems of growing up your faith. And it, he will enlarge you on the inside. And this man had a good heart. But he would always talk very large. And you didn't want to squelch this excitement to fund things. But you just knew that was not going to happen. Because there was no system of the word attached to it. Do you understand what I mean? There was no pathway to it. There was no, there was not enough spiritual maturity to bring him into that. You could just tell to bring him into that place. It was just a very grandiose, you know, if you, in the natural, it works the same way. If you talk to someone and they're saying, you know, I'm going to, in the natural, I'm not talking about if God said something, I'm going to own 20 businesses and I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. 
It's not that they can't get there, but there's systems, there's developings, there's things they're going to have to show up for to get into that. Because people that get into that, there's disciplines and knowledge and wisdom and the people they rub shoulders with and the, the things that they go into to generate that. So it's, it's not that you would ever look at them and say, you can't do that. That's the wrong spirit to look at someone and crush them, tell them they're not going to mount to anything. That's wrong. That is, that's evil. But you also have to bring the gravity, the weight of that development and the spirit of God will lead us. There's, he'll lead us into funding. He'll lead us into big things. But we have to submit yes. to the working out of the words systems within us. Does that make sense? Yes. That's why this message is so critical because he will take all of us, educated or uneducated. And if our hear, sorry, ear, there's my new finis coming out. Um, if my ear is listening, then he will give me enough to go to the next part. That's why it's so important to listen, to be aware of him. But if we're grandiose, we, we may miss all the development, although I want you to do this. Well, I know that I'm going to do this. Well, yeah, that's fine. But I want you to do this, this right here. And it's so important. To listen to that. Because <laughs> that's how he gets us into things. Uh, I am done. I think I will say one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> if the spirit is to lead us, he's got to be in front. He's got to be in front. Have you ever seen an accident? Or you see these big trucks? And they're pulling a load, and all of a sudden they hit black ice, and then the load that was supposed to be behind them slides around, <laughs> then beside, and then goes, surpasses the cab of the truck. You know that devastation is coming because that's not how it's supposed to be. Something's not right. Very simple example, but it's the same thing spiritually. You have to let him lead. If you're not even aware that you need to talk to him to let him lead, inquire of him to let him lead, then you're, you're walking around in darkness. He wants to lead you. So, so many things. The Lord has really helped my husband and I through the years. He's, he is downloading blueprint after blueprint right now, and not, not all of it has been new places, new things that he wants us to do. And we know that in that plan, we're safe. But we don't, we're not going to, we're not going to move out into it until we've prayed it out, until the next leading comes and the next leading comes. Before you know it, this is how God's children are supposed to be. They're supposed to be a very successful track record because what are you doing? You're taking one step and you're listening. You're praying it out. Next step. And if he's not leading about something or there's a flat feeling on the inside, don't rush past that. It's very possible that I would dare to say the season has not yet arrived for that. But he's given you glimpses and you need to pray them out. And enjoy the praying out of them. Because intercession and praying out in the Holy Spirit, it's like you're adding parts to that little baby that's forming. 
You're adding parts. I didn't tell you, Miss Willie, but you know when you said that up at the prayer retreat? I had that picture in the spirit. I saw this little baby being formed, and it was like the intercessions were like fingers that were going and placing parts intricately. And then you go away and you intercede again, and you're praying it out, and you're praying it out. But if you know that you're praying it out, you can be patient. You can enjoy the process before that baby. It's like a mama. She knows, okay, this month's important. This is what's going into place this month. And this, because you don't want that baby to come until those parts are formed because otherwise there's going to be a lot of trouble, maybe even death. Yeah. It's important. So intercessions are like that. We lean into them to create, to form, because he's given us dominion. And with that perfect language, see, that's why we pray, because he gave his church his dominion. So when we take spiritual words and we're praying them out, that, that authority is going through us. That power is going through us to do his work on the earth. It's his power, but it's the dominion he gave us. And so it's so important to pray things out, to just really water things and not to rush. We've rushed things and there's no fruit to it other than it doesn't work. It's a great idea <laughs> until it's not. It's got to be prayed out in the spirit. Until he, and you just be patient. And as you pray it out, and as you pray it out, all of a sudden, it's time. Something will happen. Something begins. I have words in my life that are, when I'm 52, it'll be 40 years waiting for their fruition. Yeah, 40 years. But it's been necessary. Because there's some death in some areas that I needed. To die completely. Die completely. So that he can resurrect it the way he wants. And I won't be in the way. Just be what he wants. But you know, he's been talking through those years. So that I understood. So that I understood. But if I didn't know his spirit, I wouldn't know. And I'd be in darkness. Or I'd dismiss it. Or it would die and I, it wouldn't be resurrected. Because I wouldn't know how to work with the Lord. Or to be patient, or to know I'm not ready yet, or to know that it's a development phase. These things are so important. So important, but he wants your success because he's madly in love with you. He loves you so much. But things, answers can only come through the spirit man. Through the spirit man, that's what he wants. He wants a church that understands his activity in their spirit. He can guide you, and he can lead you by the spirit if you know him. If you know his activity, activity, if you know his actions, he just, it's like this. You see a picture of, you know, we've all seen it in cartoons or even in real life, you know, someone's pulling on a donkey trying to get him and he's braying and he's not happy and he won't come. Or you can see this beautiful horse that's just so well trained that all the owner has to do is just sit on him and just pull the rein just the slightest bit and he'll go. That's what we want to be like. We know him, our owner, so much that when he goes, go this way. I'll end with this. There was uh, something I was endeavoring to do some months ago, and I had asked Andrea to help me. And so she was, you know, doing the, the footwork for me. And um, I was walking across my kitchen. I was, and as I'm walking, I heard these words, don't do it. So like, don't do it. And I thought, is that you, Holy Ghost? It sounds like you, but it was light. 
So I left it. And over the next day, he said it two more times. Don't do it. That's what he said. Don't do it. I said, okay, you don't need to tell me a, a fourth time. I hear you. So I called Andrea and I said, I need you to cancel that, what we were doing. She said, oh, Pastor Jenny, she said, I had such a sick feeling in my spirit. She said, I'm so grateful that you're canceling it. And so we talked, you know, and, and in the mouths of two or three witnesses, you know what I mean? And then I also ran it uh, by my brother who was walking with me that day. And I said, I know sometimes you'll get... Like, he'll get things downloaded. I said, what does this sound like to you? And I told him, he goes, I mean, the Spirit of God just came. And he said, oh, my goodness, I sense by the Spirit such danger for you, such danger. But all it was was, don't do it. Soft. But he said it three times. See, now I'm used to now. I hear you. Are you talking to me? Not, oh, that's just my head. That's just my head. No, you stop and you inquire of him. What's he trying to do? He's trying to, me, to get me to avoid danger, which means something, something bad's going to happen. Father, I don't know how it all came out, Lord, but I just know I love to teach them, and I love the experiences in my life, Father, and I love what the Word says, that as the sons of God, we can expect, we are promised to be led by the Holy Spirit. Father, I just pray that from this message tonight, Lord, that just tributaries have gone into them, into their heart, Lord, that they would hunger, <laughs> hunger for a deep communion with you, a recognition of the Holy Spirit within, that you long to guide and you long to lead and you long to restrain all those actions, Father, for us. Why? Because you love us so much. And you live in us. You live in our temples. You want to guide. So, Father, I, I pray for them. I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be upon this message, would go into their hearts, Lord, just the security of knowing that you live within them and you long for them and that you will guide them and you will talk to them. Father, just push them further ahead, faster, into knowledge of you. That's where the real joy of the Christian walk comes from. Not reaching outward, looking inward. It's totally different. It's deep and it's accurate. So, Father, we thank you for it. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.